Hello, everybody. Welcome back to today's episode of the Chicago Sports Insider Podcast. And let's start today's episode off talking about the Bulls, who defeated the Magic last night by a score of 102 to 98, improving their record to 25 and 10 on the season. The Bulls have now won eight straight games. The Magic now fall to 7 and 31 on the year. Was not an easy game for the Bulls at all in this one. They missed their first seven shots uh, to start this game off until Zach Levine finally put a dunk in, uh, and they shot under 39% in the first half. Uh, Lonzo Ball had a tough return. Uh, he shot one for eight in this one. Uh, he only had three points in his 32 minutes. He did have seven rebounds and seven assists, but still didn't really get his point. Here's a scoring touch going after he missed that last week due to the COVID-19 protocols. Uh, and Zach Levine also had a tough first half as well. He hit one three-pointer in that first half. Uh, he didn't even hit that three-pointer until late in the second quarter so uh, definitely struggled very early in this one DeMar DeRozan, however, continued to uh, to impress in this one. 29 points in 36 minutes. Zach Levine would pick it up in the second half as he would end the game with 27 points in 34 minutes. Nikola Vucevic with 13 in 36 minutes. Uh, but as a whole, uh, Bulls struggled in this one. Uh, DeMar DeRozan in particular at the line shot 7 for 13, missing several key, uh, key free throws in this one. But the Magic put up a fight. Wendell Carr Jr. and Franz Wagner uh, both had some pretty strong games. Wagner with 22. Carter with 21. Uh, they both played pretty strong defense as well. Uh, Gary Harris with 19 in this one. So, no, the Magic played a strong game. You know, despite their record, they have a lot of young talent there. Uh, you no know, former Bull Wendell Carter Jr. has definitely emerged as a uh, as a nice piece to their core. Should be a uh, a franchise piece for them. Uh, but the Bulls didn't play their best game. I would assume who continues to struggle a little bit. Uh, three points in this one, two rebounds and one assist in 19 minutes. Kobe White with 17 off the bench though. Uh, in his return to the bench, there uh, he definitely gives them gives the Bulls a nice scoring touch there, and we saw it. With Lonzo Ball out, with uh, Kobe White taking over the starting point guard role, we saw them definitely struggle. Their bench just could not get anything going, really, especially with uh, how how much Iodesumu has been struggling. Um, and you know, the rest of the bench is really a bunch of guys who we don't really know much about, or we don't really have a uh, a good a clear cut uh, a clear cut evaluation on them as players. So getting Kobe White back to that bench will give the Bulls a nice scoring touch there. So uh, hopefully they're able to uh, to continue this success uh, and hopefully they're able to play a little bit better than they did last night against the Wizards on Friday. So they're going to have a good uh, good amount of rest here after uh, a couple of days of uh, a couple of days of games here. But our next game will be on Friday at the United Center against the Wizards, the team that they just beat recently by one thanks to that DeMar DeRozan buzzer beater. So hopefully they're able to come out and uh, continue to uh, to dominate and continue to get some wins here. Uh, and then in some other Bulls news, Javante Green is expected to miss two to four weeks due to a groin injury. So Green um, has played a big role ever since Patrick Williams went down with that season-ending wrist injury. Um, he's played a huge role for this team. He's been a, been a nice guy off the bench, occasionally been put in the starting lineup. Uh, so he's going to be a big loss there. I feel like he's a nice hustle guy uh, to have in your lineup. So losing him is definitely going to suck. Uh, I wouldn't be shocked to see them try and make a uh, another move for a uh, 10-day contract with somebody else to try and fill in some of that depth there. But uh, hopefully they're going to be okay without Javante Green. Uh, hopefully the uh, the starters are going to be able to continue to uh, sort of carry this team here. Uh, but now let's turn to the Blackhawks, who announced today that Marc-Andre Fleury has been removed from the NHL's COVID protocols. Uh, so that's good news there for the Hawks, as uh, they're going to be getting their goaltender back after they had uh, Kevin Lankinen and Fleury 
Flurry both go on the COVID list. Um, so now they will not have to depend on Arvid Soderblom at all. Uh, he will stay the backup while uh, Kevin Lankin is still on the COVID protocols. The Hawks will be playing tonight against the Colorado Avalanche, who are 18-8-2 on the season. This game will be at the United Center at 7.30. Hawks have dropped their last four games. They are currently sitting at 11-17-4 on the year. And Colorado is hot. They have played very good. They won seven of their ten games in December, and they scored seven goals in three consec in uh, three games, not consecutive, but three games that much that month on uh, two pretty solid teams in the Rangers, Red Wings, and the Flyers. They sort of suck, but um, still, they you know they they've been getting their offense going. They obviously have a lot of guys, uh, Miko Ron. Rico Rontanen, uh, Nathan McKinnon, uh, Gabriel Landeskog, De- uh, Devin Tays is a great defenseman. So they have a lot of talent there, and this should be a very tough game for the Blackhawks. I think, you know, overall, if they're able to get some shots on um, on Darcy Kemper early in this game, I can honestly see the Hawks being able to stay in this game. And unfortunately, with such a high-powered offense like the Avalanche, it's going to be a, a upwards an uh, upwards battle here for the Blackhawks because you know, having to contain such a good offense is going to be definitely tough here. But if the Hawks are able to uh, snap out a little little problems they've been having and they're able to stay five on five, if they're able to keep the game even, uh, you know, five on five, not have to go on special teams, maybe they'll have a chance at winning because their special teams are very bad. Uh, but hopefully Hawks are able to pick up a win here. And then some roster moves. Josiah Slavin is heading back to the AHL and Mackenzie Entwistle has been activated or has been uh, recalled to the active roster. And now let's turn uh, to the Bears. And the Bears have one final game left against the Vikings. So I think it's time to uh, start looking into the offseason and uh, what the Bears are going to possibly be doing uh, when the when the draft rolls around or when free agency rolls around. Uh, so let's go over the biggest position needs for the Bears this, this offseason. The biggest position need, I feel like, is going to be cornerback. Obviously, um, you know, with cornerback, you have guys like Jalen Johnson, but the rest of the corners are big question marks. You don't really have a lot of uh, you don't really have a lot of talent in that cornerback room besides for Jalen Johnson. So if the Bears are able to find you know, a solid cornerback in the second round, if they're able to find you know some guys later in the later in the draft, you no, know, we've seen. Um, you know, we've seen, you know, for a good example, Thomas Graham Jr. come in and play some pretty strong uh, strong corner, and he was a six-round pick, and he immediately got cut by the team. He didn't even play a game until that uh, until he got activated due to the COVID issues, and he's been pretty strong this season. So if you're able to find another guy like Thomas Graham, then I think the Bears could be in a good position here. We're seeing, though, know, the last couple of years, we've seen some cornerbacks uh, from lesser-known schools get drafted later, in the, you know, get drafted later, and they end up coming in and having a pretty big impact for teams. Now, a good example being Jeremy Chin, even though he was a second round pick to Carolina, he still came from a small school. Um, you know, he wasn't at, you know, he was kind of overlooked and he's played a huge role in that defense. You know, he's one of the big examples there. So if the Bears are able to find a you know, strong corner in the second, third round, fourth round, then I think they could definitely you know, fill up some of those, those needs at depth uh, for the secondary. And then another big position of need is going to be safety. Uh, the Bears, obviously, Eddie Jackson had a pretty poor season. Uh, and then Tayshawn Gibson is going to be a free agent. And, you no know, Gibson, you no know, he had a strong 2020, didn't really have as great of a 2021. He's had some moments where he's looked good, but I doubt the Bears are going to really be willing to uh, to extend him or going to extend him after they gave him that one-year, uh, the one-year extension after 2020. So, 
I don't really know what their safety plans are going to look like. I don't really know what their plan is going to be this offseason when it comes to Eddie Jackson. I don't know if they want to possibly trade him. That's going to be a big position of need. I think that's a position they're possibly going to try to fill up in the draft or possibly uh, try and you know, find in later rounds or maybe sign a uh, sign a free agent like they did with Gibson and possibly find a diamond in the rough. So uh, as a whole, I think the safety position is is pretty barren pretty poor you know obviously with how bad Eddie Jackson's played and the possibility that Tayshawn Gibson is going to leave um I think you're going to be in a tough situation with the safeties and I think the Bears are going to need to find somebody to uh, fill that role there uh the other big position of need is going to be receiver obviously Allen Robinson uh is going to be a free agent we know he's most likely not going to be returning uh Jakeem Grant will be a free agent um Marquis Goodwin will be a free agent. So uh, I think right now, um, the, the wide receiver is obviously a huge, huge need. Now you're going to need a, I would say a number one receiver. Do I think Darno Mooney's good? Yeah. Do I think he's the number one receiver yet? Not really. I think he's a little too inconsistent, but I think right now the big, the big need is going to be a, a number one receiver to replace Allen Robinson because we know he's not coming back. So that's going to be big for the Bears this offseason, whether they try to find another find like Darno Mooney later in the draft or whether they try to uh, bring in a free agent to, you know, to pair with Justin Fields. Uh, I think either of those ideas would be pretty good, but right now uh, it's a big position of need. And the other position uh, is right tackle. Obviously, right tackle. Uh, now, the, the offensive line has been better this year. Uh, obviously, you no. Know, excluding the game against Cleveland uh, in Justin Fields' first start. Uh, the offensive line has slightly improved with the additions of Tevin Jenkins and you know, bringing in uh, Jason Peters and, and Larry Borum. Uh, it has improved a little bit, and the right tackle position has been pretty solid this year. I think Larry Borum has done a very strong job of, of uh, proving that he can be a starting right tackle. Um, and Jermaine Effetti is... is obviously a big issue with that position he's not very good so i and it's pretty clear he's not going to be back with the bears um do i think larry borm could take over that position long term maybe but if the bears are able to find somebody in in say the second round and they can you know they can sure up their offensive line with that player then sure i think i'd definitely be okay with them uh going after a right tackle because you want to protect protect justin fields you don't want to uh to aggravate him with such a horrible offensive line so i would definitely be okay with them trying to go for something like that um but i think larry borm's also a nice option to have at right tackle i don't think he's uh i think he's proven that he can definitely play the right tackle position pretty well uh and center sam mustafer has been okay he had a really tough start to the year and now he's actually been improving a little bit uh, as years gone on but um i still think there's definitely some some issues with sam mustafer obviously the snaps have not been great from him uh we've seen him definitely start struggling with that so Right now, uh, I feel like, you no, know, if you're able to find another center as well, I don't think they're going to replace Sam Mustafer, but I think they might, uh, you know, possibly look to bring in more depth at the position. So if he starts struggling, you can put someone else in there. As though I know Cody Whitehair is the backup, uh, the backup center, but he's also got the left guard position. Um, so really, I think right now, uh, you know, if they're able to find a replacement for Sam Mustafer, I, I don't think they would immediately throw Sam Usfer out of the center position, but I think they, they might you know, possibly think about if he continues to have those struggles like he did earlier in the year. Uh, that's going to do it for today's episode of the podcast. Thank you guys for tuning in, and I will see you guys tomorrow.